0: Hi, my name is Glory. I'm a second-year student studying at the Bartlett School of Architecture in London, originally from Hong Kong.
1: And I'm Yan Shan, a second-year architecture student. And I'm into musicals, oil painting, movies, and embarrassingly into self-help and Richie biscuits.
0: You're listening to Designing Thoughts with the Archigals, a podcast where we talk about working and creativity, living well, the human condition with relationships and life experiences. Before we get into the podcast, I would just like to ask for a small favor. It would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on our YouTube channel just to let us know how you feel about the podcast and other topics you'd be interested in hearing in. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So I'm your host Gloria and this is my co-host Yanshan and today we're going to be talking about veganism. So a bit of background information. Um, I'm a vegan and Yanshan is not one. And I guess this will be a discussion between a vegan and a non-vegan. And I guess the point also to make is that this episode was kind of initiated by Yanshan because she wanted to do a episode kind of exploring topics related to veganism. And I wanted to give her that opportunity to ask a vegan like you know whatever questions from a non-vegan perspective so hopefully this will be interesting for you too
1: so i guess you can do it like a QA. like I'll, i can ask some questions about veganism like why so i guess you should give some like context and background on like how long and why okay i guess first disclaimer this is not like um I'm not a vegan and also I don't really plan to become one so I think it's just like trying to figure out why Glory is one and why I'm not one. Mm -hmm. And like to try to see whether we can reconcile like the two points of view. So yeah, no hate or (laughs) anything. So I guess for some background, so why are you like vegan and how long have you been vegan?
0: Yeah, so I've been vegan for one and a half years, so it's almost two years. It doesn't seem that long, but it feels like I've been doing it for forever. So, I started becoming vegan um, when I was in my first year of university, halfway, and I think at this point, I was already starting to adopt more healthy eating habits, so stuff we discussed in our previous episode of maintaining a healthy lifestyle during school-slash-work. So, I started cooking more of my own meals, and I wanted to become more healthy, and this was also the time where I saw more plant-based options in the supermarket, so I started experimenting with them more, and then at one point, I came across this documentary, or actually not really a documentary, it was a lecture given by this person called Gary Yabrowski, and he talked about um, why we should become vegan, and it was actually an hour long, and I saw the duration of the video, and I was like, there's no way I'm spending one hour of my night watching this lecture, and I told myself that I would watch it for ten minutes, and if it's really boring, then I would leave. And once I started watching, I watched the entire thing. And after that, I was like, oh my God, there's no way that I can not be vegan. So I essentially turned vegan overnight. And I didn't think that was possible, you know, because I loved meat so, so much. I love fried chicken. I love McDonald's. You know, I love all of that stuff, Um, but I really just did. Become vegan overnight, and it was something that I never thought I'd become. So that's sort of the bit of background information about me becoming a vegan. But it's just very short information; it's not in depth at all. But yeah. Yeah, I remember when you became vegan. I mean, not the exact day or anything, but like first of February, two thousand and twenty. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I didn't know.
0: Oh, that was actually so near, like yeah. when
1: you when we all when COVID hit and stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, so sudden for, for me as well. And, like, I think the way you did it was very cool as in, like, you didn't tell the whole world which is, I guess, like the stereotype about vegans is that like they, like everyone want to know, like, you know, the joke is like, oh, how do you know that someone is vegan or because I they told you. Them. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but like I feel like like you went about it in, like a super like discreet like like a discreet way, and then you just explained it like, in terms of as in like it came to you as in that was what you thought and that was what you wanted to do, so you just did it. That's really cool, I think.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a really important point. Really, is not shoving it down people's throat like the joke you just talked about it's very very well known on the internet and I know that joke a lot too so I think I didn't want to go down that path of just shoving it down people's throat and I think I was very nervous in the beginning because I knew like some people weren't happy with you know basically the stereotype of vegans so I didn't want to fall into that trap and tell people so i was very discreet or low-key about it i only talked about it when people were offering me food and i said sorry i can't have this um and if they asked more then i would tell them but otherwise i don't just go up to people and be like hi i'm glory and i'm vegan. yeah
1: <laughs> but i think also people don't but i guess also part of this like actually food i think I, I only realized this after you became vegan like it was such a big part of like the things that we shared and also because you would cook at each other's houses and stuff so it it became like a very big talking point among us and our friends. Also because yeah. it became very obvious, and I think that's also part of the reason why vegans are also portrayed as like being very, uh, like like te- like a lot. Of people, once someone's vegan, everyone knows. Also because like everyone has to know. Because when you hang out with your friends, you mainly eat with them or you cook with them and you share food with them.
0: So yeah, that was, like, I think it's a big part. Um, I think maybe this was something I didn't envisioning, but it kind of became all of me in a way. And I think that's also why um, some stereotypical vegans would tell people that they're vegan because it kind of becomes the whole of them. You know, when you eat food, you eat food every day, you know, and a lot of people's um, enjoyment and entertainment kind of comes from food. So it's such a big part of our lives. So you can't really hide it in a way, especially when you hang with your friends, like you say, you a very major thing that people do when they hang out is hey want to catch up over dinner let's grab lunch you know it's just a really big part of who we are and you can't really hide it so yeah it became a really big thing among us and we discussed about it a lot like you say
1: yeah do you think it affected like your um relationships and things with people or like also made you make new relationships with people who are also interested in the same thing
0: yeah definitely i think um Within friends, I was definitely very nervous to just, I guess, drop the bomb on them and tell them I'm vegan in the very beginning, like even you and our mutual friends. Um, but I think I'm just very like glad that the people that I hang out with are mostly very open minded about veganism and they're very happy to you know, just accept me for making the transition and being very accommodating with where we eat. And I guess also because when we were in London, it was just a very nice place because London has so many vegan options. Like you go to a McDonald's and there would be a vegan option, you know. So it's like no matter where which restaurant we pick, there's always something for me. But even when we're cooking um, at someone else's place or at your place or my place, um, we always cook up something that we both can eat like if it's meat then i won't eat it and you know for vegan stuff i can have them and you can also try them out too um and the other thing i would say like um forming new friendships so i don't really have any friends that are full vegan that sounds kind of sad but i think i kind of got over that hurdle like it's not really a big deal for me especially online there's such a large vegan community and you don't really feel alone you know even though i don't have a vegan friend i never feel like i'm alone because there's such a big community online and everyone shares recipes and it's just so nice to see that and i think the fact that um friends in my close circle and even like uh my family like most of my family is uh very supportive like my mom is my mom and my sister are very supportive of me making the transition and they're also very happy to try vegan restaurants with me outside so yeah it's really nice and i guess another point i would make about veganism is this is I guess it's a blessing hidden in a way that nobody really talks about online is that it sort of lets you see who's open-minded in your life and what type of people you want to attract and stay friends with based on their reaction to things based on how open-minded they are so like once you make the transition you can see whether a person is open-minded or close-minded and you can kind of see like how they react to certain things and if they want to accept you or other people for who they are and i think that's a really big part you know like being vegan makes you able to see who's a person worthy of hanging out with you know
1: yeah i think that's actually quite interesting and it comes this i guess is a tangent but i guess like that test comes with like a lot of things and at first when you're in school you, you you think like oh i just want everyone to like me but i think as we like go to uni and stuff you realize like you, you, you don't actually want everyone to like you you just want like a few people kind of yeah, to be around you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a
0: tangent. And I, I definitely agree with it because you don't like everyone. So how can you expect everyone to like you back? You know? Yeah, I guess so. So
1: But I guess going back to like um your family and stuff, do you think I guess it's, it's also extremely hard. I guess it's it's fine when it's like friends and it's people you can choose to push away if they don't like the fact that you're vegan, but if it's like family, like do you think you have any problems with that?
0: In oh, that, that can be a whole topic in itself, <laughs> because I, I don't know if this is related to um, Asian culture. I don't think so, actually. I think this is relevant to everyone. But my dad and my grandma had a particularly hard time of accepting me becoming vegan. Um, I think it's mostly along the same lines of <laughs> thinking I'm not going to get enough nutrition or um, it's just my especially for my dad. Like he's not able to relive the memories we had when I was younger when we sort of bond over our love for meat, and you know, eating lots of good food together that wasn't vegan, and we're not able to do the same thing anymore. And it's not going to be the same. I think that was particularly hard for him. So it like there were some times where it was very difficult. And we like had disagreements and arguments, I would say. But in the end like i'm still grateful that you know for my birthday he kind of treated me to a vegan restaurant and that already meant a lot to me that he was willing to take the first step so it it was nice um but obviously like you can't expect him to transition and i don't blame them you know um we're just sort of at the point where we're kind of just respecting each other but not like crossing the line with each other you know so that sort of yeah thing.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's also it's hard to convince parents of anything, so veganism is extra hard. But I guess that's, I think that's pretty interesting, the fact that like your dad thinks that it invalidates like the memories you made before. And this is kind of goes back to the point where it was, do you think that having it made it, like becoming vegan became a big part of your personality and therefore you changed as well? And then who you were as a person changed and also your interests and in things. It's in like, it revolves much more around like nutrition and, and veganism.
0: Yeah, I think so. But I think this also has to do with my personality. Like, I, I don't think the core part of me really changed, because the reason, obviously, actually, I need to talk about the reasons I became vegan. So there's three, actually four reasons. We can go into the fourth point later on in the episode. But mainly, again, animal cruelty, it's, it's unnecessary, we don't need animals to suffer. Uh, second, climate change, basically eliminating meat is like the single handed easiest way to reduce greenhouse emissions and save the planet, <laughs> trying our best to save the planet. And number three is just for health reasons. This is a very gray area because I think everyone's health is different. You can argue in so many different ways that you know, maybe eating a meat diet is better than you, maybe eating keto is better than you. But we don't have to argue about health because it's so gray area, but I believe that it makes me healthier and happier. So there's that. And then number four is basically like COVID and like preventing a second pandemic from hitting. Um, But we can talk about that later. So I don't think my core personality changed because I think in some way, everyone sort of agrees with all of these points, but it's sort of whether you're willing to take the step to change it, you know? Because I don't think, I think, nor as in, in a normal basis, like core foundation, everybody doesn't believe that animals should suffer, you know. Like, it, say, if you see someone kicking a dog on the street, you would stop them, right? You'd say, Hey, that's animal cruelty, you know. So, we all believe in it, but it's whether we're willing to take the first step. So, at this point, I'm not really blaming anyone, I'm just sort of saying my opinion. Um, so I think when I before I transitioned to vegan, I, I already believed it, and I would say that you probably believe in it too, but it's just that after changing it, my actions changed, but my belief didn't change. It just sort of shifted in a way that I was actually able to act on it, you know, and also being clear that I wasn't sort of wearing these rose tinted glasses anymore because when I saw the documentaries and the lectures sort of like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I was mad that nobody ever told me about what actually happens in the animal industry. And it was just kind of sad to see that. And when I realized I could take the step to change it, I wanted to do it you know and i think that definitely became a very huge personality for me because it was an action i was taking every single day so obviously it became a big part of me but i don't think my core personality changed in any way like we can still talk about other stuff that's not related to veganism i don't think i really changed that much but it's just the actions i took but definitely it also shifted my interest like i became really interested in uh veganism and you know just animal agriculture and how that's being run and you know stuff like that and also nutrition like the benefits of a vegan diet because it's like you wouldn't jump onto it without recognizing the you know if it's dangerous if it's beneficial you know so definitely read up a lot about that and kind of also turn and I think the thing with also becoming a vegan is that you have to cook your meals a lot more and I think for me personally I really enjoyed cooking my meals already beforehand so it kind of gave me a newfound passion for cooking as well so I developed a new interest and yeah I'd say
1: yeah I think yeah I mean I I think it's true that like I really believe in all the same things as well. But I don't know. It's very interesting. We're having this debate as well. It's like, then what is the point at which, like, why can't I become vegan? As in, like, why is it for, for like, you and not me? <laughs> Even though, okay, maybe I'm just the worst person. That could be one of the things. And that's could be one of the reasons why, like, non-vegans hate vegans as well. Because it's like, yeah, I feel kind of bad. Like, that's one thing. But another thing also is, like, like that the impact is definitely very big but then I guess the argument that a lot of non-vegans use is like oh but there's so many other things that people do that are way more important hurtful for the environment and like also way yeah and also more important as well that like we can that we choose to do otherwise but I think that's also quite a small argument another argument would be that oh it's like in our culture to like hunt and to eat meat and things but I was reading a book about this recently, and yeah, I'll link it below, I guess, but it was, it was it was really interesting. It was like it was about how causing people to eat meat is kind of like it's kind of like a cultural construct. as in like we like we like we feel yeah. embedded in children that they should eat meat and eat meat is good. And only meat is good when yeah, it's it's not historically true.
0: yeah, it's actually there's actually a, a a term for that. It's called carnism. Like people who kind of like ingrain it in children's heads that they need to eat meat. It's called carnists. Like, they believe in, you know, the need for people to eat meat. So, yeah. Mm, okay. And, yeah, I guess continuing with your point, I guess you're sort of saying, like, why is it so hard for me? And, oh, I, I can't do anything, so I might as well, like, not do anything. Is that what you're saying?
1: I think that's what a lot of people use, as in, as oh, many excuse. humans are suffering as well. And also, like, I use an airplane to fly to... place where i study university which is quite bad as well like and i also drive a car there's just so many things and like if i if i just flew less that would be the same net amount as if i had like given up meat kind of thing
0: okay well first of all i definitely disagree with that (laughs) based on the scientific evidence because i think 75 percent of greenhouse emission gas is um comes from animal agriculture because of well just methane and other greenhouse gases you know it's just a very very big percentage comes from animal agriculture and it's like if we can feed like what is it 75 billion ad- land animals why can't we feed 7 billion people you know that sort of ar- that's the argument that vegans make so of course i've read a lot about this because i can i kind of can't come prepared with like any discussion that <laughs> i can have with a non-vegan and i would sort of be able to like reverse the argument back on them but i guess that's not the point of the video i just I think it's just nice to discuss these points, and with the point that you made of there's so many other problems in the world, why are we thinking about it? And I can't really do anything. I think it's the sort of mindset you would have if, say, for any example, say you don't like something in a university, like how the the curriculum's being taught, and you can say also like I'm such a small part, I'm just a student, like why should I raise my voice? You know, I can't make a difference. But it's like, what if you just tried? You know, you could make a difference, even in a very small way, which is, I guess, what I like to tell people that are not vegans. It's like, don't force yourself to just completely eliminate meat. You know, just take it step by step. Like, say, maybe in one week you have one meal that's vegan or like one day you have one meal that's vegan, say breakfast, for example, like you have oatmeal or I don't know, porridge or something like that. You know, that doesn't need to have meat in it. And that would already make such a big difference if you're like if you're eliminating meat as a consumer and that sort of brings down the demand for meat already and you're already making a difference um so yeah definitely and I think the thing with veganism also is it's I think this is also something in the vegan community that I don't really like is that you're either a vegan or you're not and I don't really like that black and white differentiation because it feels like you have to take such a huge step to cross the line and call yourself a vegan whereas it's You can find so many people in that gray area of just trying things out, you know, being flexi, flexitarian or like flexi vegan, you know, you don't have to just be like, oh, I'm vegan and this is me now. I'm perfect and I don't eat any meat. And I just think that's very unhealthy, you know, because vegans aren't perfect. You know, what if I decided to transition vegan one day, but I still own leather or I still use like create, like facial products that was derived from animal testing. You know, you can't eliminate all these things. And yes, we live on this planet and we're probably gonna have to make an impact anyways on the planet by, you know, existing. Like for example, taking planes to um, study abroad or travel abroad. Like you can't you can't eliminate these things, but we have to live in some way. But if we can live in a sustainable way that minimizes our impact as much as possible, then I'm willing to try that. You know, at least that's, that's how, how I think for myself.
1: Yeah, I think that's very. Right. I I think that's like quite a good way to think about things in general, because also it like helps to absorb, not absorb, but like to reduce like the Depression. crushing guilt that you feel that I that people feel like for like existing in general, for like using things and mm-hmm. having plastic things and
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It's like just try your best. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I guess like from a vegan perspective, something else I was, I was thinking about was also about like eating you know like lab-grown meat would you consider lab-grown meat to be the same as would would that absolve you of the guilt of eating meat if you if you only ate lab-grown meat
0: what do you mean like i won't feel guilty for eating lab-grown meat
1: yeah or like does that make you a non-vegan
0: well i don't think so it's not derived from animal products right (laughs) like you're not causing harm on an animal i guess that's the motto of veganism so
1: but it's from like animal cells I guess I think so
0: oh, it is. I'm not I'm not particularly like certain of how lap grown meat is made but so and I haven't eaten any yet but if it's derived from animal cells I think you can get cells from animals without harming them right like you just take cells yeah. from yeah so I think it's it's okay um I'm a little skeptical at the moment like it's not that Um, widespread yet so I'm not sure I probably have to read more about it but if I think it doesn't do any harm to an animal and it's relatively safe to eat then I wouldn't be against eating it you know and I think it's the same for like meat substitutes now on the market like they're so good now as in they're really close to mimicking meat is what I mean and Mm -hmm. I think they're really good you know and sometimes non-vegans ask a question, like, they always ask, que- I always see these in comments <laughs> underneath, like, vegan videos with recipes. Like, they're like, why do you call it steak if it's not steak? Or they're like, why do you call it this when it's clearly not that? You know what I mean? Do you think that as well? Yeah.
1: N- no, because, like, that's the description. It's like, is it's, it's, it's it like, for, for the recipes which are like, oh, vegan steak, and then it's like a mushroom, like burger, or like, like vegan burger, and then it's like a portobello mushroom. Yeah. Which I guess is not a real, I mean, I do think that's not like a real, mm. but I guess that's different. But I think, I think it's helpful in labeling the the content. So I think that's yeah. fine. Like, I, I actually there was this whole controversy about, um, that there that, that was this mayo, oh my gosh, this is one research, but anyway, the, there was this mayo which was made like without eggs, so it wasn't real eggs, and, it was, and they labeled it as mayo. And then, the, uh, and then people complained and I think it got sued because like it wasn't actually male if it had no eggs and then but then the US like the drug the food and drug administration authorities like rat, like allowed them to label it as mayo anyway but, like the, fact, the disclaimer that it wasn't so I guess because of that because it's like a legal precedent so I think it's fine
0: I think before I was vegan, I I will say, why would you call it that when it's not that? But I think once you're in the vegan community, you can understand why it's called that. Like what you said, it's easier to label it. And also, I think it's, I guess, to everyone to know that vegans become vegan, not because they don't like meat. They kind of change it for like other reasons, like animal cruelty, the environment, blah, blah, blah. Um, So it's not that they don't like meat. And they sort of want to find ways to recreate that feeling. And using those words as a label, I think, appeals to vegans as well. And they sort of know what the recipe is about, you know. It's not it's not unfamiliar territory, you know? Yeah. And also with the names thing, um, there's actually this I think it was in the in Europe, it was like amendment seventy-four or something regarding milk. Like you can't use the word milk on plant milks. And like the vegan community was like so mad at it. they're like, "What do you mean? You know? It's like saying oat milk is not milk because it didn't come from a cow. But, but it's like it's telling you what it is, you know and it doesn't really di- and it, the, the, the reason for com- like for dairy companies saying that they don't want it to be uh, using the word milk is that they don't want consumers to be confused. And it's like do you get confused when you buy oat milk? mistaking it for cow's milk like i don't think consumers really get confused to that stage you know (laughs) but i think it's just quite interesting to see how these like small things get played on a legal scale like at a marketing scale as well and i guess you could people also argue like then what about like coconut cream coconut cream is not cream peanut butter is not butter and you know oat milk is not milk
1: so you know it's I guess yeah. the argument yeah. goes both ways so yeah yeah I guess it's like a long-standing thing mm. that vegans have to go through but also I think it's like it goes back to like the reasons why people don't like vegans also because it's like like everything has to be so right as in like if you mess up even once if you had like because I, I guess you said like that you um, you all miss meat and stuff but then if you mess up even once and you have like a cheap meal and stuff then you're not vegan i think a lot of people feel like that's just yeah like a very big pressure to have when you transition
0: yeah that's why i think for people who are thinking about it i think you don't really have to label yourself as anything you know you just you can just tell people like oh i'm trying to transition and becoming more plant-based maybe this is the easiest way you know like if you're thinking about it yeah if you're thinking about it and you want to hang out with friends and you want to pick a vegan option and you're scared of getting judged just say like i'm thinking of becoming more plant-based with my meals because of health and you know documentaries I've watched I think that would be a good way of going about it instead of just saying hey I'm vegan now you know and I I think there's just so much connotation to the word vegan that you know you become something different you you transform into like a monster that shoves uh, your opinions down people's throats so yeah it's a big step that people can think it's a big step but you know just taking it easy and you know i think it's fine even for me like i would say i'm not 100 percent perfect like there are definitely some times where i accidentally slip up because i missed an ingredient probably in the label or there's something in my family like for soups for example that there were some like dried shrimp in it and like you know sometimes you just can't help it you can't be 100 percent perfect but i think it's just important that everyone's trying their best according to themselves and i think that's already enough to try and like make change in the world you know yeah yeah Yeah, that's true
1: there's another interesting argument that I read for um like not becoming vegan which was that meat and hunting in general is like so tied up with being a man and like masculinity (laughs) that it's it's like becoming vegan is seen as a a soy boy
0: soy boy (laughs) what is that a thing yeah it's a thing (laughs) they're like oh you are such a skinny soy boy (laughs) <laughs> that's the term used for people who are vegans. I guess if there's you're skinny and a guy, then you're a soy boy. <laughs> let me let me pull up the definition.
1: Oh, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, I think it's just so interesting that like part of the reason why oh like like for example if you go to the US like the like the Midwest and stuff then like steak and eating meat is so much tied up in their like cowboy, um Wild West culture in kind of sure, thing. Yeah. Like it's part of yeah part of the person that they want to be that. Like, we don't even need that much of it, but yeah, we just chose it. Whereas, like, maybe for females, it's almost easier to become vegan because it's considered, like, oh, I'm, like, a, like, you know, like, vegan, which means that I, yeah, I care about my health. I go for Pilates.
0: Yeah, but I think veganism kind of sells it as a white mom yoga type of thing, you know? (laughs) Even in the vegan community, I think it was harder for, like, black people to try and say they're vegan because it seems like, You know they're trying to be white or something i think this is also like there's just so many issues tied with even within the vegan community that's not really talked about outside of the community but yeah going along the the argument of the hunter masculinity tangent so basically the definition of a soy boy is a prerogative term often used in online communities to describe men lacking masculine characteristics yep and it's (laughs) a term used as an insult for male femininity And, yeah, I think it's definitely used in the vegan community, too, because, like, hello, soy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I think the thing with that argument, I also um, watched some videos and articles about um, this argument. And I think the thing is that it kind of stems from, you know, when, I guess, humans were still, like, hunting and they were in, like, more... Like, when people were living in caves and... Yeah, like hunting for their. They were still like hunter
1: gatherers. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah hunter gatherers basically. Um, and obviously because like men were more physically stronger than women, so they were given the task of like hunting for animals, blah blah, blah. and, but the, I think the thing that kind of, didn't, follow along is that the the characteristic of the man is that they're providing for the family, like they're providing for their community. But for some reason, as the years progressed, it sort of translated into providing and helping my family meant that I need to like show physical labor and like, actually do stuff. But the thing is, now we sort of move past the stage of actively hunting for our own food. So yeah, it doesn't make sense to me why that, you know, like men needs to eat meat because it doesn't really mean anything. It's the act of doing the work to provide for your family, but now it's different. but for whatever reason, it sort of continued in like a weird, distorted way for men to think yeah, that they need to like it's tied
1: meat. up together.
0: Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is maybe this is not for my position to say, but it can. I guess this can also be like a trait of toxic masculinity. I don't know, but um, but yeah, I think it's just weird how it trans translated into this way nowadays, and men have to feel like they need to eat meat to be masculine, or you know, or otherwise they might feel insecure about like how manly they are you know so i guess sometimes yeah. it's nice to see that um male vegans are actively like talking about this issue as well and also like even like some uh vegans who are black and male to talk about this issue i think it's really nice to just see them talking about it and saying, you know going against that argument basically
1: yeah i think there's so many like vegan bodybuilders as well on the yeah, on youtube yeah, yeah. so it's like a
0: totally um oh. I think yeah a really good documentary for this is game changers on netflix i think i told you about it but it's just a very good documentary um, and we'll put it in reference below but it basically talks about um a lot of uh, vegan bodybuilders and just vegan athletes that train really hard and they are able to come to this stage by just um, using a vegan diet and i think it's just very inspiring to see that you know uh plant-based diets are becoming more um widespread now and it's just nice to see things like this being more of it being on media and it's becoming more common for people to follow a vegan diet, but still reach their fitness goals, you know, and a really good po- a quote I really like in that documentary is that um, this vegan um, lifter, somebody asked him, they're like, how are you so, so strong like an ox? And then the lifter was like, well, have you seen an ox eating meat? <laughs> and I really like that <laughs> quote. <laughs>
1: I guess it's true (laughs) yeah I think that's really interesting like I feel like personally coming from like a non-vegan perspective what really changed my mind what encourages me to have a much more open mind about vegans in general was like being friends with you and like having to like cook around stuff that you ate which is good and also like more recently having like a pescatarian room uh flatmate who like so like she, she she still eats fish and seafood, but then like also being around people in general who believe in not eating, consuming meat and also like actively carry it out and seeing it being done in real life. So I think like yeah. it's really cool that like now it's like much more widespread and then like people are just like, like it's becoming mainstream. Okay. I guess it's also bad in the sense that it, it's sometimes perceived as like a very class, classy, trendy, like trendy, thing, trendy thing to thing. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially among, like, a certain demographic
0: yeah. of, I like, think...
1: rich university students.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Uh, first of all, thank you so much. Um, The thing I learned also is that not shoving it down people's throats, which I haven't done, hopefully. And I think the most important thing for me is, like, being next to my friends and just showing them that being vegan doesn't mean you miss out on good food. You can still eat really good food. And I think being next to them is the best way of, sort of, getting across your message and influencing them in a positive way. And I think that's really good already. So obviously recently, because I started a YouTube channel, I also want to share some of like my thoughts and recipes about veganism, because I also think it's so important and like, you know, spread positivity and like even like good things in the vegan community, obviously. So I'm I'm also really enjoying that. And also with what you say about the trendy thing, it's definitely true. I think at one point, like, this was the only time I got offended, I think, was when someone said that I was trying to follow trends and, like, yeah. I was vegan and that I was doing it for the trend. And I think I was just a little bit... I didn't know what to say back to them <laughs> because, like, I definitely... Like, I can see how it's a trend because, like, it's everywhere and I can totally see that. But, like, I, I'm so strong on my why power of why I'm vegan. Like, I wouldn't do it for the trend. You know, and I think w- w- regarding the trend, there's two views you can look at it for vegans, obviously, like one of them is saying like, oh, it's so mainstream, like it kind of loses all of its um, the real reason of why people are vegan. And it doesn't really align with the movement, because the thing I think I have to mention the fact that the difference between plant based and veganism is that plant based is just incorporating more plant based foods in your diet. But whereas veganism is kind of about the motto of trying to harm at no animals at all about your lifestyle. So that's like two distinct terms. And mm-hmm. I think what the trend is definitely more plant-based, whereas for me or like the vegan community is more about like the why power, why you're doing it, which is why you, you're you able to stick to it. Whereas on a trend, it's very easy to fall off the trend. But the other way of mm-hmm. seeing this uh, trend, trend getting more mainstream is I'm still grateful for it because I think plant-based foods are getting more exposure in the media. And I think it's great because at least that way, like, veganism gets more exposure and more people is able to learn about it through the trend, you know? Like, even though I can say, like, even in Hong Kong, like, McDonald's, now they have, like, a plant-based patty in a macaroni bowl. But they market it as plant-based. But at the same time, the soup is chicken soup and there's an egg in it. So it's not plant-based, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, I think it's just nice that things are getting more, like veganism. The, the movement is getting more momentum and I'm very happy about that. So yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's
1: cool in general that, well, like, the, also, the, also one of the reasons why like, people are vegan now is just because it's so much easier because like technology is kind of keeping up with it and then there's like so many plant-based things out there, like made from mushrooms and things. Mm. But I think there's also like a, a big... I wouldn't say flaw, but it's also like a bit where I'll be a bit wary of it because I think I read somewhere it kind of like the idea that like technology would help us to solve this problem is probably true, but it's also quite scary because then it's like people don't become vegan. I wouldn't say for the right reasons, reasons, but yeah. But also because like, oh, because since there's so many other options, I can just, my life can continue. I can continue eating meat, but I'll just eat a substitute. So it's like, you don't stop to think about, impact I guess if that makes sense
0: yeah definitely I I can definitely see that but at the same time I think the trend also encourages people who are like vegan curious to sort of read up more about the topic and you know make the transition if it's something they're happy to do so I think I'm already grateful that there's probably more opportunities for people to become vegan and I think the fact that there's more substitutes and if that means that consumption of meat and dairy is decreasing it's already a good point like it's a win in my opinion so you know it's okay
1: yeah i think so i think that's good i think it's just like yeah all around positive vibes (laughs) yeah
0: so i guess i can also ask you a question like i know i'm i know and i'm already really happy that you're thinking about like i guess incorporating more plant-based diets um so what's the one thing that's holding you back i would ask Oh. Um, sometimes I feel like the biggest thing is that I don't care enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Like it's like all this is fine, it's nice, but I just don't can't bring myself to care enough, which is really bad as in like I don't know why I can't care enough.
0: No, no, no. I think it's hmm. I think it's a valid point. As in I think people have different things they care about more, but it doesn't make like any other Issue that you're not as invested in less of an issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know some people in Bartlett might be, you know, they care more about, I guess, the architecture and the built environment more. Or some people might care about like girls receiving educations or like poverty, you know, more. Like, it doesn't make their issue less of an issue. It's just that this is something that I'm interested or I care about yeah. a lot. So, I can see that, but I'm already really grateful that you know I'm like letting you see more of what veganism can be and how it's a positive thing and not like as stereotypical or negative as the internet make it out to be. So I think in that case, I'm already really happy and I think it's a win for me that you know you're learning more about it and I'm happy about that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think you're definitely right about like the Asian culture. Like for example, me coming back to Malaysia means that. 'Cause in, in London I, I avoided buying meat, so I bought like a lot I bought a lot more fish stuff and so I became ish again, okay, not I wasn't clear ish. <laughs> but then but then definitely like once I come back to Malaysia, like eating with my family, eating out, it's just mm. it's it's like I don't care enough to like make an effort tell everyone that yeah. I want to not eat what they cook for me. Yeah, yeah Or like yeah. when I go to a restaurant, I don't care enough to like make it my thing to avoid the food.
0: Yeah because it's like because it's like if you do that then you have to make more to, more of an effort and you're kind of like troubling your family to like make more of an effort to accommodate to your needs so i can see that
1: yeah, yeah. but the conclusion Maybe is also know. that i just don't care you know
0: <laughs> yeah <to do> <laughs> i think the other thing also for me to say like from a vegan's point of view is that i I acknowledge that it's for some people, it can be a lot more difficult, especially in different regions of the world. Like, for example, Hong Kong is so much harder to be a vegan compared to London. Um, And also depending on like financial budgets, or like, you know, if you live with your family, if you live alone, like there's so many factors that take into the account of whether you're able to become vegan or not. Um, And I also need to say this, that I'm definitely in a privileged position to be able to be a vegan because I'm able to access so much content online to find recipes and have the financial support to purchase stuff that I like. But that's not to say that vegan food is expensive because I think it can be very cheap, you know, Um, because when for meals I cook by myself, it's honestly relatively so cheap when I cook them in London or even at home here. It's very cheap and inexpensive. So. Yeah. So I think for me it's just about acknowledging a person's uh, situation and you know, be be more open minded and like kind about their situation and not force them to do anything.
1: Yeah. I guess it's like trying your best. Yeah. In gen- like in in general. So when you're eating with your family if you don't want to but it, it's, as as like things that you can control, um, then like making the right choices then to be to like reduce your like footprint and that stuff.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to conclude, first of all, I really enjoyed this discussion. I think it's really nice just to get our points across, you know, it's like a really civil conversation. It's not like an argument. So I really appreciate that um, for both of us to see each other's point of view. And I guess a really good point to conclude for this is, I think really important for vegans and non-vegans is to keep an open mind because like, like us, like we're still able to be friends even though our dietary preferences is different. But I think it's really nice for me to respect your point of view, and for you to respect my point of view, I think obviously for vegans they want to, they want people to convert to vegans more, and obviously that's like a dream I have, but it takes time, you know, you can't reach that stage so quickly. So I think it's important to just keep an open mind, especially uh, for non-vegans to understand why your friend or like your family or whoever that you're close with become vegan, like understand their point of view to make them feel heard and seen. And from a vegan's perspective, I think it's really important for a vegan to understand where they came from, especially if they wasn't a vegan for the entirety of their life. Cause I think it's really easy for vegans to, once they convert, they sort of forget how they were before that you know, and I think it's really important to remember how you were and how you thought about veganism before you became vegan. So it's easier for you to relate to non-vegans and understand their point of view instead of just shoving your vegan thoughts down their throat. You know, I think that's really important. And, and I think it's a good way for me to see how people are within my circle. So yeah, I think that's what I wanted to make.
1: Yeah, I think that's nice. I think also like, It's also quite cool that it hasn't become your. It's also important to note that it hasn't become your entire personality. (laughs) That like you can totally make it part of your lifestyle and do other things as well. Just nice.
0: Yeah, I think it can be, uh, your uh, like a part of your personality, but I wouldn't make it as like the entirety of me and become that stereotypical vegan that forces it down people's (laughs) throats. So yeah. (laughs) I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you asking me these questions and for us to have a genuine discussion. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think that... I think it's, discussions are, are good to kind of like recap what I've been reading and then to reconcile it with what you think mm-hmm. and also with like the stuff that you know. But I think for me, what's most persuasive is when... Oh, well, maybe I'm just a sheep. But it's like when my friends are vegan or pescatarian or like choose plant-based options so like there's you and then there's my that's my family and then also previously when I was in London my uh, close friend was also plant-based for a while and it was just like they all just did it you all just did it so naturally Mm. without me even noticing it sometimes Mm. and that was like so cool to see and yeah
0: Mm. Uh, yeah I think that's a good point for any vegans out there who feel like they're trying really hard, but they don't feel like they're making a difference. I can tell you you're definitely making a difference for the impact you have on the people around you. And that's already a really good starting point. So yeah, I think that's a good point to end on. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.